You're listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, before we move on with this podcast episode, I want to send a shout out to our sponsors, Sam Bat and 3N2. Both sponsors have offered to give a discount of 15% to any members of the website. So for individual or team orders, whether it's Sam Bats, baseball bats, uh, cleats, turfs, if you need jerseys for your team, you can give me a shout at dburns at baseballjobsoverseas.com or you could visit the website and go to IBC Gear on the menu. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 68 and today I have Daniel Catalan on the podcast. Daniel first registered for the profile, I believe, or for a profile on my website back in 2014. He was in the unverified, the now defunct unverified section. He was struggling to find uh, a club to play for, but he managed to get on with a club in Spain. He had to take a little bit of a unique path to do so. He'll explain more about that in the interview. And then his journey took him to South America to play in Chile. I don't want to spoil anything, so once again, I'll let him, uh, I'll let it unfold in the interview. Daniel is an outfielder. He's from Holy Names University, and as you may know or may not know, outfielders tend to have a little more of a challenge to find a club to play for overseas. The position is in the least demand uh, for clubs overseas. As they're looking to fill two to four import spots, um, typically with pitchers, catchers, shortstops, uh, the, the positions that they really struggle to fill with local talent. So outfielders tend to be left on the sideline quite often unless they have uh, a really big bat uh, that off, often will override everything else. So Daniel will take you through how he overcame that and now he's you know going back to Spain for his second year in 2017 and has managed to create a nice overseas career for himself and establish a name for himself overseas. So without further ado, let's get on with this podcast interview episode number 68 with Daniel Catalan. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, so and I know recently you you've you came overseas uh, I believe for the first time uh, this past summer. Um, so why don't we start first with your background in baseball and then how that led to a decision to to go overseas and where you ended up? Okay, yeah, I uh, I graduated college in 2014 after going to Holy Names University. Uh, I played four years of of uh, college baseball, two at the junior college level, and then two at the Division two level at Holy Names. And it was in my senior year, as I was graduating, much like many other college students, I didn't entirely know what my next step was. Um, so my, my head coach had actually played in Germany, and one of our assistants had played in, in the Netherlands um, after they graduated college. So... I had that conversation with them, and um, it seemed really exciting, and they encouraged me to, to pursue it and told me that they would obviously back me up mm-hmm. um, in helping me find someone to play. So, honestly, all around that same time, I stumbled upon your website. Um, from your website, I used the email addresses that I found, 
in order to email all the teams. Um, because I speak Spanish, I always had this idea of going to Spain. Uh, so I started off emailing those teams, and I got some responses. Um, and just from from those responses, it kind of just opened up a bigger conversation. And uh, about five months later, I found myself in Barcelona. Yeah, not a bad place to start off there. Wow. Um, you know, I, I made my way to Barcelona in the summer of 2015. And, uh, you know, I, I visited the teams there, the, the team in Barcelona, and uh, as well as in the, um, I'll probably butcher the, the name, but Valadecans or... Is that right? Villa Decans? Villa Decans. Villa Decans. Villa Decans. Oh, man. And uh, Sant uh, Boy yeah. as well? Yeah. Sant Boy. Yeah. Sant Boy, yeah. Um, and as well, Barcelona. And so those those two clubs are about um, 15, 20 minutes outside. Yeah. Yeah, it's all basically Barcelona. They're all right in, right around Barcelona, the city of Barcelona. But you ended up with the the team right in Barcelona on Mount Montjuic, I believe. Montjuic, yeah. Montjuic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our our, <laughs> our our team actually played in the in the baseball stadium that was built um, in order to host the Olympic baseball games in '88, I believe. Um, so, so that's where we were dead center in Barcelona. I mean, and that was obviously the, the most amazing part about it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to that ballpark and I met Jorge and, uh, you know, it was, um, it was a cool experience just, just being there. I didn't get to catch a game cause it was during the week, but Barcelona is a beautiful city, man. So I, it must've been a blast living there and playing baseball. Of course, it was a, it was it was an awesome experience, um, and and I know uh, maybe over time we've kind of talked a lot over the past couple of years, but you know one of the things we had talked about was how um, Barcelona baseball Barcelona itself didn't necessarily have um, all that much funding, and uh, they used to be part of FC Barcelona's um, like organization, mm-hmm. but they they got cut from there about four years ago so they they took off and and changed the name to baseball barcelona um but their funding got cut quite a bit so um you know i i I went over there but i kind of did it on my own merit um when i emailed all the teams i i gave them all my college stats and uh, luckily for me i mean in four years of university i had over over 600 plate appearances yeah. So I had, you know, a lot that they could look at. Um, and after just talking to them about that, um, I told them I was interested in, in, in teaching English. So I I went over there, and aside from the baseball, uh, I took a, a TEFL course in order to, mm-hmm. to get a certification to teach English as a foreign language. Um, so half the time I was there, I had, I had taken the course, and and I was I was teaching English um, to to make a little bit of money, uh, but once once I got there and and I practiced with them and everything, and and they pretty much saw me play in person. At that point, it was like, oh man, for sure, definitely like, like you're in. Don't worry about it. 
Yeah. Um, but but at first it was you know it was a little bit of a just kind of open ended. Um, but after being there, like I said, about a week, it you know it all turned out great. I made made great friends. Played the whole season. Traveled all around the country with them playing. Yeah. Um, and and I think you know they they really appreciated it. And uh, you know I've heard a lot of your podcasts with with other players and. And I know most of them just sign contracts and go. Uh, but I haven't heard of anybody that's gone to play in Spain. And after being in Spain, I understand it's a little different. You know? A lot of teams don't necessarily have the the fundings. But I think the, the way that I did it um, is just as valuable as a tool, just as valuable as a way. And uh, I know a lot of other teams, aside from baseball Barcelona in, in Spain, would be very willing to, to take on any player that... Um, of, of you know that has some some good experience with some with some good talent level um that that's that's willing to go over there i mean it's it's it'd be it's like a blessing in the sky to, for someone to just show up and yeah and, yeah and be like you know i'm here i'm ready i want to play and 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 you know they they are definitely grateful for it and you know you can find yourself getting a lot of at bats exposing yourself for sure yeah i i mean that's that was the impression I had when I went there, and I, I was speaking with Jorge at Baseball Barcelona, and he said the exact same thing: how their funding had been cut, and they're their own entity at this point. Um, so he said, "Yeah, I'm willing to take on anyone that is will, you know, is willing to fly over here and try out, kind of thing." And uh, he said a lot of those same things that you exactly did. So maybe, maybe you caught wind of that. I did do a. Um, a documentary, a video documentary of my experience going there and speaking with him. And I believe in that interview, he may have said a couple of those things, but uh, I had also spoken with an umpire in, in Spain who was actually a Dutch umpire in Spain. I forget his name at the moment, but he told me the same thing. He said, anyone that is willing to um, uh, take the TOEFL and come there and teach English um, who has talent um could walk onto a club quite easily there obviously would take you with open arms but my i guess my question is did they help with the initial uh, yeah. accommodations and that, helping you uh, you know settle there and or and and try out or did you have to find your own place to stay and all that and just show up at their practice no they 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 helped me out with all of that they um they found me a place to stay that was fairly cheap. Um, so I, I rented a room from from a family that's associated with the team that lives really close by to the field. Um, I lived with them for two months, and after that, I had made other contacts, and, and I ended up moving somewhere in a way better location of the city uh, two months later. And I spent six months at that place and just had an amazing time thereafter. Um, you know, rent... I don't know, I live in Los Angeles and rent here is, is super expensive. So uh, I ended up paying about you know, $250 or $275 to rent a room uh, a month. So it's, I don't, I'm fairly cheap. Um, so I had just kind of saved up a bunch of money and, and I, I was okay with that. Um, after playing one season there, I got some, some offers from other teams around the league to come back the following year and they would pay for me to give me somewhere to stay, probably give me a stipend as well for playing. Um, but quite honestly, I, I'd rather pay my own rent and live dead center in Barcelona than, you know, have somebody pay my rent and live 20 minutes outside of the city. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah man, like, like I said, it, it, 
even though I guess it's, it's slightly different than um, I've heard a lot of other players do it in other countries. You know, Barcelona is just an amazing city. You know, it's good to play baseball there, and I, I didn't mind paying for my own rent. Um, and and like I said, it opened up the door. If I, if I would have wanted to go back the following year, you know, I could have played for another team and and had them pay for my rent if that's what I was really after. Um, I, but I obviously chose not to. But like I said, it, it really just demonstrated how you can just walk in, open the door, and you know, say, "Here I am." Show them that you can play, and uh, people catch notice. Yeah, I, I hear you. It, of course, we want to keep it realistic too. Um, you know, you probably had some uh, decent numbers playing at Holy Names, which is um, D D two school, D one school, D two. Uh, uh, Division two. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, and not it's, it's, anybody it's, it's, can just pay their flight, get the TOEFL exam, and walk onto a club in Barcelona. Um, I think you need to obviously have um, previous success at the college level or professional level. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say I would say, you know, just about anybody who's played played Division One baseball um, can definitely go over there. You know, if, if, if a Division One college coach is, has said you're good enough to be on my team, then you're definitely good enough to play over there. Um, and then once you get down to Division Two, you know I remember looking around uh, Spain and and even all around the teams. Um, you know the one through four, one through five was pretty good, but once you got down to seven, eight, nine on some of the weaker teams' lineups, especially, I remember seeing guys that I would think I don't know if this guy would make my college team. You know he may not even make my high school team. Yeah. Uh, but those those were Spanish guys. You 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 couldn't put foreigners in their positions. You, you know how that kind of works. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of a foreigner, they kind of expect a little more. So even though I would look around and say any guy in my Division Two team would be on any of these teams, which is true, but to come in as a foreigner and and, and take up one of the three spots during the you know during the game as a foreigner um, and, and get a lot of playing time, I would say you couldn't necessarily have been a, a, a bench guy. You would have had to have been someone that was a little more productive. Um, so, you know, I would say anybody who played Division One, if, if you got um, a lot of playing time in, in Division Two, II, Division Three, uh, you can you can definitely make make your case for for being able to play. It could also depend on the position. Um, I played outfield, which obviously there there are a ton of outfielders, so I, I really had to to demonstrate that. Yeah, they'd rather have an outfielder as a foreigner position than a third baseman mm-hmm. or, or or a shortstop. Yeah. Um, but if you're a shortstop or catch or stuff like that, I mean, you can definitely make a uh, a case for yourself as well. But um, so you, yeah, I would you know, I would say anybody who got a large amount of of playing time in college can can definitely show their ability. Yeah, I, I'm glad you made that point about um, you know that you need to be like any any one of your teammates from Holy Names could have could play at that level it's not that they couldn't play at it it's just that you need to be over and above for them to to you know make someone else sit on the bench or or just across the board in europe or or anywhere overseas for them to pay for you to come over and pay your flights and all that um you need to be that much better and that's what a lot of guys tend to forget is they'll um, create a profile on the website um and they'll have below or subpar statistics in college um, and I'm sure they would do well overseas, but they need to be someone that 
um, really stands out compared to the players overseas in order for them to invest their limited budget in you. So that's the thing that kind of gets lost sometimes they don't realize is, yeah, sure, you can play over there. question is, are, how much better are you going to be compared to them? And that they're looking for these guys that really have a proven uh, track record of success. So so you had to pay your flight yeah. and, and get, take the TOEFL, and you were working while you were there. Uh, and you had success at the co- uh, Division Two college level at a, at a good within a good conference, um, and so you felt the level you know was pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah, I, I you know I I did fairly well in college. Um, you know I didn't do necessarily extremely well to to be able to just say hey you want me for sure. But most of the foreigners, especially in Spain, that I can speak for, are, are Latino players. Uh, there's a lot of Venezuelans, a lot of Cubans, a lot of Dominicans, and a lot of the foreigners that they pay good money to be out there and play, um, you know, do come from the Latin American countries, and they probably played some minor league ball, um, and they expect a lot out of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I have a buddy that went to live with me in Barcelona as well, and he, he was a pitcher at Castilla, Division Two, great program, really good team. But because they were so good, even though he, after four years, he was averaging maybe 10 innings a year. Yeah. Um, and he went out there to live with me, and he would practice with us, and they would see his quality of play, and they'd say, you know, this is a quality player. Like, would he be on the team? Of course. But my buddy, even though he was a good Division two pitcher, he can't go out there and throw nine innings, you know, 120 pitches. Mm-hmm. And, and sadly, that's what they expect of these 400 pitchers. If you want to be a pitcher, um, that's exactly what they what they look for, you know. So they instead, maybe because of the Spanish speaking, uh, they bring in Venezuelans, they bring in Dominicans, Cubans, who had some pro experience, who can stand up on the bump and and go give you 120, 130 pitches. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess that that's just the nature of the beast out there. Um, so that's just kind of another example of how, yeah, my buddy was a good Division two pitcher, fought for some innings at a good school, um, but. It's not necessarily what they look for entirely over there, and what they bring in as foreigners. Yeah, yeah, I would say the you know Italian baseball league and the Spanish division of uh, the honors the pretty similar that way where they'll bring in Latino players um, exactly like you described that that played uh, minor league ball and they pay them quite well, but they're still a lot cheaper than than an American player that played at the same level, for example. So, you know, someone that played double A or up. Um, you know, they're of course they I find them yeah, a lot cheaper. Yeah. So I mean and 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 they will, you know they'll they'll throw complete game after complete game where maybe a guy that pitched at the double A AA or triple A level um, won't want to do that <laughs> or wouldn't be willing to do that. So that's the, I think the big difference exactly. in those two leagues. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's exactly it. I've, I've mentioned that to people a lot of times, you know, some of these pitchers are, are really good pitchers. Yeah. You know, they're just, uh, their time has kind of just passed in terms of playing major league ball. Yeah. Uh, but they are, they are still quality guys. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt. But I mean, uh, the same does go across Europe in general, as far as um, what they expect out of, start, of out of their import pitcher. I think pretty much any league in Europe, the team expects the same thing. They want a guy to go the distance almost every start, <laughs> and that's just uh, you know unless they're one of the bigger, wealthier clubs within a, a league, uh, that's typically what it you know that can afford to bring over 
maybe pay an EU pitcher to come in and, and close or whatever. But for the most part, there's no bullpens. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and you know, these guys are coming and throwing 120-plus pitches a start. And um, so it's it's pretty ridiculous, some of it. Some of the, some of the amount of innings some of these guys throw. All in all, the, the, the advice I really wanted to, you know, to get out there is um, it, it's an amazing experience, um, whether it's paid or, or it's not paid. And, and I know there are a lot of people like me um, graduating college who, who really just want to travel and do a bunch of stuff anyways. Um, so I, I really just kind of, you know, everyone's got talents. Everyone's got things uh, that, they, that they use in life to, to kind of get around and accomplish what they want. And for me, it was, it was baseball. Um, so I, I knew if I got myself out there, I would entertain myself with baseball and, and at the very least get free travel around Spain playing. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I've had a lot of friends that I played college ball and stuff and kind of look at me and, you know, tell me, you know, you're lucky for doing this and, and whatnot. And, and I just kind of look at them and say, you know, if you really want to do it, um, it's just a matter of working for a little bit, saving up some money and going out there. And, um, you know, if you, if you've got a decent talent level, then, um, you can open your opportunity. That's, that's, that's for sure. And, and, and even if baseball doesn't, you know, even if it, you don't get all the playing time you wanted or whatever the case is, um, in most cases you're going to be living in an amazing place, and it's not even going to matter after yeah. <laughs> after after a period of time. You know? Yeah. No, I know. Um, I, I know. And, and in the end, you'll you'll have the experience of a lifetime. One hundred percent. Regardless. Uh, you know, regardless. I, I when, when I first started looking on your website, obviously yeah. just like anybody else, I was hoping you know some team's going to contact me, and then you know you'll, you'll sign a little contract, and it'll just it'll be it'll be all great. Um, but it didn't necessarily work out that way, and and uh, it's okay because after I opened my own door, I got a very good idea of what it's like uh, to play ball in Europe now. And um, if I wanted to go back, it, I definitely know how to go about it this time, and, and I'm sure I could find something um, a lot better than the first time. You know. Um, first thing before we move on to your next overseas experience, I'd like to ask you what the heck it was like. Uh, lifestyle-wise, just living in Barcelona and living in Spain, like what did you do? What did you see? Yeah, dude, Barcelona is just an amazing place. It's it's uh, it's right on the beach, um, and then four miles away you have a, a mountain, so you can literally walk from the mountain to the beach within an hour. Um, and you know the nightlife there is amazing. Yeah. Uh, the people there are really nice. Just the lifestyle there is is honestly like no other. Uh, I thought that I would go to Barcelona and play there. And then the next year, go to a different city in Europe, and, and just I mean, and just try to do that for a couple of years. But after being there uh, for one year, uh, if I were to go back, I, I would um, I would love to be in Barcelona again, just because I don't know how many cities compared to be quite honest with you. Uh, and and after being out there, um, I got to travel a bit. Uh, one of the guys that played for Pamplona, another American, Jeff Tizak. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we we became you. good friends playing against each other, yeah. and we ended up taking a road trip along with my my friend who played at Castellale. You know, we drove from Barcelona all the way down the Iberian coast, yeah. uh, down to the south of Spain, um, jumped into Morocco, jumped back into Spain, went up into Portugal, cut across Madrid, back to Barcelona, and we you know we did that all in a week's time, um, and and experiences like that were just absolutely amazing. After that, he invited us up for the running of the Bulls. Uh, so we went from Barcelona up to Pamplona with him, and we were there for a few days of the running of the Bulls. 
um, where another American who played for Valencia's team, uh, Trevor Coffey, I believe, yeah. you know, went up there and uh, we were with him hang, hanging up, hanging out up there. And, uh, you know, it was just those experiences right there that, you know, just, just through being there through baseball meeting people, um, we you know, pretty much saw all of Spain together with another American who, who played in Pamplona, which is five hours from Barcelona. Yeah. But we became really good friends. Um, you know, we still keep in contact uh, today because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah but it was just th- those experiences right there that, that I, I'll never forget. Um, do you have time to, to uh, finish this story or do we need to do a part two? Of course. No, no, I mean, the, the only other thing I kind of wanted to mention was um, just my, my experience in Chile. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I play for the, for the uh, Chilean national team at this point. And that is because my, my dad is Chilean. So uh, about two years ago, at the same time, where I was just thinking, like, how am I going to go places? Like, I want to travel. I want to play baseball. Like, what, what can I do? And I had already set it up to go to Barcelona. And one day I was just sitting on my couch and I was thinking, um, you know, my dad's Chilean. Chile's got to have a baseball team. Yeah. So I, I Googled it. I found one email. It turns out they, they have a team. And uh, I emailed them and, and I got a response back. And, and it was a lot of the similar things. Um, you know, I played college baseball over here in the U.S. And, and for the Chilean national team, that is, you know, huge. That is like, come on over. We, they have, they've, had a couple, they've had a couple other Americans uh, play for them that who have Chilean parents or actually one guy is just as American as it gets. He just happened, his parents were in the military. He happened to be born in Chile. Uh, oh, yeah. so he, you know, he played for the team as well. Um, and, uh, so I got the first opportunity to go over there after I came back from Spain and I went and played uh, friendly games with them in Ecuador and that was a good experience. And then this year they called me back and said, Hey, we're going to be in Argentina uh, for the South American Championship, you know, can you make it these dates? And I said for sure, but I needed to get my Chilean passport in order to be an official member and play officially. So I went to Chile three weeks ahead of time, got my Chilean passport, and then went out to Buenos Aires. And we were there for ten days. We played against um, Argentina, Colombia, Brazil, Peru, and uh, and Bolivia. I think that's yeah. I think that's all the teams right there. Um, it was a tournament between between those teams, and uh, it, it was great. I mean, um, Brazil ended up winning the whole thing, uh, and they they have quality players. They had uh, Andre Rienzo was was there. He he closed out the championship game when they won it, and you know he's been up playing with the uh, with the major league teams, mm-hmm. uh, with the Marlins and the White Sox and whatnot. And then they have you know a bunch of other quality players, um, a lot of guys from their WBC roster, yeah. and then uh, Colombia. You know, they're, they're all paid professional players who, who play pro in Colombia. Um, and then you had some other teams like Peru, obviously Chile, Bolivia, which are just, you know, kind of a lot like Euro- European ball. They're just amateur players who, you know, work and, yeah. and they play baseball on the weekends. And, yeah. and then they get the opportunity to go play this tournament because they happen to be the best players that the country's got. Yeah. And, and they go play this tournament and, uh, you know, just see how it goes. And for Chile, we, we you know, we went two and four. But you know, we, we lost seven six to Colombia. Uh, we we were up seven six against Brazil after seven innings. So we, we played some really good teams really well, even though we didn't get the W. But um, for for just what, what what baseball is in Chile, you know, those were successes for us. But um, kind of more what I wanted to talk about was uh, I, I wish I'd have known about this when I was 
16. Yeah. Because I could have been traveling South America playing for Chile. They're playing for their sub-16, their sub-18, um, and, their, and their adult team since I was 16 years old. I just had no idea that that opportunity existed. Yeah. Um, but it is very out there. It is, it is open. And I think the same goes for players who, who have parents from uh, other countries. And, and the idea, honestly, came from, from listening to, to your website, to the people, where you talk about if you have an EU passport, if you, if you can get a passport from a European country, like, it is going to help out tremendously. And, and I thought, like, oh, man, like, sucks. I'm not European. <laughs> but, but then it just kind of occurred to me, like, but my, I am half Chilean. And uh, I, I wish I could say I was good enough to play for Mexico's national team. That's, that's my other nationality. Yeah. But obviously, you know, those are all pro-caliber players. Yeah. Um, but I said, hey, I am Chilean. And, and, and I opened that opportunity. And, and uh, I mean, I just wish I had known ahead of time, to be quite honest with you. It would, I, I'd have been all over South America already. Um, yeah. But after going down there and seeing the quality of play, you know, a lot of these teams, uh, you know, if you are, if you are Bolivian, if you are Peruvian, uh, if your family is from Ecuador, uh, even Argentina, um, you know, Brazil, Colombia, those, those are very, you'd have to be a, a very, very quality player to play on those teams. But, you know, some of these other teams, for sure, you could just let them know, hey, I, I, I play college baseball in the U.S. My, my mom is Peruvian or Chilean or whatever the case is, and uh, I can get a passport, and, and I guarantee, you know, you can open up that opportunity as well. Yeah. Um, there was one player, an American, who plays independent ball. His parents are Colombian. He's the closer for Colombia's team. Yeah, um, just like that. And and that was the only other American I met, aside from a couple of Americans that we had on the Chilean team. We had a D3 pitcher from, from Brooklyn. We had a, a high school kid who's actually really good. He's going to probably go play D1 or D2 um, from, from Miami, play with us on the Chilean team. And... Uh, and a couple other kids from from Florida who play you know Division three baseball out there, and and they're all welcome to play on our team. That's because in Chile that that is quality play. Yeah, you know. Could um, could somebody? Um, but could somebody I, without I, a? I guess uh, what I'm saying is, oh, sorry, you know, go ahead. If, if you have connections, if you have ties in some of these other South American countries, um, you can definitely open that door. And and uh, you know every year the tournaments in a different location. This year it was in Buenos Aires. Last time it was in in Lima. Um, but it has been in Brazil. It has been in Santiago, Chile, and uh, you know I'm, I'm only 24 years old, so I'll be able to play with them for years to come. Yeah. And and hopefully when it's all said and done, you know, would have traveled all of South America for free. You know, they pay your flight, they take you down, they give you somewhere to stay, and uh, you know they hook you up with some nice gear. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And, and it, yeah. That's <laughs> a lot of it. Just this idea came about from from going to play in Europe, really. Yeah. That that's great, man. I, I love to hear that, and um, I hope you can share some photos and videos uh, to go along with this this interview that that I can post on on the blog because that's a very amazing story. And recently, maybe you have something to do with this, but I've had Argentinian players sign up on the website. I have a Colombian player signed up a few weeks ago, and today I had a Brazilian player sign up, uh, all looking to play in Europe now <laughs> so it's it, the, the sport truly is international and everybody's looking to see the world while doing it and i mean if you if you have the right work ethic and the right uh, mind frame uh you, you know you you can do this you know and it, you, of course you need the skill set to back it up but you can really travel the world and play baseball and do it very cheaply or sometimes for free yeah 
yeah, man, it, it is it is all possible. It's out there. Um, and like I said, you know, I've had a ton of people tell me, like, you know, you're lucky, you do this, you do that. And I, and I really just tell them, like, man, I, I do it because I, I really looked for it. I really wanted to do it. Um, you know, and I feel like I'm a, you know, I'm a quality player and, and, uh, I can play with anybody if they give me an opportunity to. And man, I've got, I've gotten lucky You know, I've played baseball games in, in so many random places up to this point. Um, but it's just a matter of, of going out there and, and, and looking for it. Um, you know, you may not be Chilean, but you may have some other background. You may, you know, if you're American, you can do Europe, you can do a bunch of other places. Yeah. Um, and then you realize the world is tiny. It's, the baseball world is a, is a is a small world. Um, one of the guys who plays in the Chilean national team as well, he was playing for the Rowan Huskies, and he's played for them with them for a couple of years. Yeah. And uh, I, I saw a picture of him on Facebook a while back, and and he was standing next to Trevor, which yeah. I played with against in, in Spain. Yeah. And uh, you know we played all with Jeff Tizak. We played with Jeff Tizak, um, and Jeff Tizak played minor league ball with Andre Ranzo, who was. You know, on the on the Brazilian team, yeah. and then you know the, the Argentinian catcher plays in Italy, and it just it's it's a it is one small world that's for sure. There's an Argentinian catcher on my website, who I believe is who you're talking about. He did play in Italy, and he's playing in Germany, and now for the winter he's gone to South Africa, and his name is Juan Martin. Okay. Maybe that might be the same guy you're yeah, talking that's about. Him. Yeah. That's him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a small world, man. Uh, I know you got to go. You got to go to work. I I really appreciate you um, taking the time and you know, very cool story. And I really just like your um, approach to it and thoughts about it because it's not all about you know how much are they going to give me. Sometimes you need to just uh, you know go take the bull by the horns and 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 uh do it yourself and, and make something happen yeah yeah I, and I, I appreciate it um you taking the time talking to me as well i know we've wanted to do this for you know i know i have i want to do it for a while yeah. um and just because it's a you know it's a story i constantly tell people so um you know i like encouraging people especially and i'm a really passionate guy and i'm really passionate about the sport um so this is why i've done this and, and i know there's a lot of people with the same passion yeah and maybe you just need a little bit of encouragement Maybe you just need to be known that hey, it's 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 completely possible. Yeah. You know, if you go out there and you look for it, you can you can get it. And um, I wouldn't trade these experiences for anything. Yeah. So all I could hope for is that some other people get the same opportunity. Yeah. I I got to get going to work now, but you know, hopefully we can uh, we can keep in contact. And um, you know, I, I'm I'm planning to go back to Europe this, this April. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll probably go back to Barcelona and, and I'll play with them again. Um, but I really just want to go back because I want to travel. There's a lot of countries that I haven't been to. Um, so I kind of want to do round two over there. Yeah. And uh, hopefully maybe I'll make my way out there to, to where you're at in Austria. Well, um, I'll be uh, I'll be actually we'll, playing. We'll be able to meet each other. I'll be in Valencia uh, for the European Cup uh, with my team here in Austria. So maybe we'll see each other. Yeah, that, that would be that would be great for sure. And, uh, you know, if I if I go back to Europe this year, I definitely like to to go back and and uh, you know play in the Prague Baseball Week. I I got invited to do that when I was there, mm-hmm. but I actually chose to do the road trip with Jeff and my buddy instead. It was the exact same week. Oh, okay. Uh, I I kind of blame Jeff. You know, he he <laughs> he told me uh, 
Yeah, he's like, he's like, you can always come back and play the private baseball week, but it's not every time that someone's going to let you borrow a car to drive it across Spain. So, so we kind of took off and did that instead. That's a good idea. Not but, a bad idea. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I, I really want to go back and uh, I'd really like to go back and, and, and play out there again. So as of now, that's, you know, that's my plan to go, to go back um, this past year. I, I work as a substitute teacher here in Los Angeles, so I've just kind of been um, working as a substitute teacher, saving up my money. And uh, now that I know how much it costs to live out there, how much money I need to have saved um, to, have a, to have the time that I want to have, uh, I'm going to go back this year, hopefully, um, and just a lot, a lot more prepared. You know, <laughs> I'll have yeah. some good money saved up, and you know, I'll play some ball and, and travel around. And uh, yeah. a couple, when a couple friends show up, you know, we'll take off around Europe um, and just kind of see what it has to offer. And you know, if I can do some things through baseball while I'm there, then even better. That's cool, man. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time. We'll uh, hopefully catch up this summer and and uh, keep me posted. All right, dude. Take care. All right, David. Have a good day. Thank you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening, and thanks, Daniel, for sharing your story. Uh, Great insight into the Spanish Division to Honor. Uh, Also, for any of you that are struggling, you know, to find a club and you know you have the skills and the talent, uh, sometimes that's what it takes is what, uh, you know, something along the lines of what Daniel has done. I know many others who have also taken the bull by the horns, paid their way over to Europe or Australia. Australia is even easier because you can get a working visa there. Um, But sometimes that's what it takes, especially if you're an outfielder or a corner infielder. You're either going to have to swing a big bat or bring something else to the table, like you can pitch as well or coach, your player coach. Or if you're willing to start off in a second or third division Europe or Australia at a lower level to get your foot in the door and then, you know, work your way up from there, put up some big numbers and make a name for yourself overseas. So that's another route you can go. Okay, guys, thanks for listening once again, and we'll catch you on episode 69. And feel free to share this as much as possible. Take care, guys.